Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Tom, we have a couple of different specific Tesla news items, but... To your point about talking about Elon Musk versus Tesla, at this point, I don't really think you can extricate one from the other. This is Tom Fox. Welcome to Compliance Into the Weeds, a podcast where, with my good friend and colleague, Matt Kelly, we take a deep dive into a compliance topic. Today, we're going to return to Tesla and Elon Musk and recent news that the Securities and Exchange Commission is reinvestigating Elon Musk for a violation of his prior intemperate tweet orders by continued intemperate tweets. We look at it from a corporate governance angle, from an SEC enforcement angle, plus a couple of others. Compliance Into the Weeds is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, the voice of compliance, back in with Matt Kelly, the coolest guy in compliance, coming to you for um, Valentine's Day 2022. It's been a pretty momentous afternoon, Matt, but we are back to talk about one of your favorite subjects, Elon Musk, but you've expanded it out to the greater Tesla. So uh, first of all, welcome and happy Valentine's. Well, thank you, Tom, and uh, happy Valentine's Day to everybody uh, listening to us on this podcast as well. So, Matt, uh, I would say Elon Musk and Tesla are the uh, Elon is the person who never stops giving and Tesla may be a close second. But you've um, really zeroed in in today's blog post that we're going to link to in the show notes on a couple of corporate governance matters beyond simply Elon Musk's uh, toing and froing. Uh, with his uh, liberal tweets. So uh, what got you excised uh, to write about him yet again? Tom, we have a couple of different specific Tesla news items, but to your point about talking about Elon Musk versus Tesla, at this point, I don't really think you can extricate one from the other, which is the problem here. Um, It raises some very interesting corporate governance questions about who is really going to rein in a runaway CEO. And I know that I've used that phrase before with other runaway CEOs. And I think Tesla and Elon Musk fit the bill. So here's the two specific things that happened. Uh, Number one was late last week, California state regulators, specifically the Department of Fair Employment and Housing, they filed a lawsuit against Tesla alleging some really awful acts of racial discrimination and harassment against black employees at Tesla's manufacturing plant in Fremont, California, which is Tesla's biggest, oldest, first manufacturing plant in the world. Uh, It has many thousands of employees who work there. Um, The allegations raised by the California regulators are really horrendous. That's the best way to describe it. Use of a lot of racial slurs uh, from the N-word on down. Um, Writing of those slurs on company walls or etching them into company equipment and factory machinery and lunch tables. Uh, There were uh, allegations that managers at Tesla segregated 
the black employees, and they would leave them trapped or stuck in less desirable, more demanding jobs, physically more demanding jobs. They would call those parts of the company the slave ship, the plantation. Um, A couple of them would also dub those parts of the manufacturing plant the dark side because that is where all the black employees worked. Totally unacceptable, absolutely outrageous. For the record, Tesla does say that none of these allegations are true, or let me refine that. Two days before the lawsuit was filed, Tesla put out a post saying allegations and accusations of harassment are not true. They did not specifically rebut this lawsuit. They sort of pre-butted the idea of a lawsuit at Tesla. We don't do this at all. Um, And they did point to their diversity and inclusion report that they publish every year. Tesla did note that This same Department of Fair Employment and Housing has investigated more than 50 individual complaints about harassment at Tesla and found none of them to be substantiated. And so Tesla then turned around and says, well, how can that be true? And then suddenly they're going to drop a systemic complaint against our whole company. So there was that harassment allegation uh, against Tesla. And like I said, nothing, nothing flattering in that lawsuit one bit. But the other thing that caught my eye, Tom, is that a few days before, I think on February 7th, one week ago, Tesla also disclosed that it has received subpoenas from the Securities and Exchange Commission asking about whether Tesla has violated the terms of a settlement that it had previously reached with the SEC in 2018 about Elon Musk's rampant runaway tweeting. And some of you who are Elon watchers will probably remember this, that uh, he had said he was thinking about taking Tesla private at $420 a share at the time. That would have been quite a markup over Tesla shares. Um, But he had said, quote, unquote, funding secured. Well, that merger, that private acquisition, uh, that never actually happened. Uh, And a lot of people think that is just, it was baloney. He was just doing it as a prank. Um, In another occasion uh, in 2020, Elon had also said that, uh, in his opinion, Tesla stock price was too high. This is the CEO of a publicly traded company saying to millions of followers on Twitter, I think that maybe the, uh, the price of my company is too high. So the 2018 settlement involved fines of $20 million against Elon and against Tesla, two new board directors coming on. And Tom, my favorite is that Tesla also had to hire a dedicated securities lawyer whose primary responsibility would be to follow Elon around and preview and pre-approve any of his tweets about company business on Twitter. Now that all happened in 2018. And here in 2020, he is saying Tesla stock might be too high in my opinion. There's, there is no securities lawyer anywhere who would say, oh, yeah, sure, that's fine to send out on Twitter. So I highly suspect, and I think the SEC suspects, too, that Elon just didn't live up to the terms of this. And now the SEC is looking into, what are you doing here? Now, what does this SEC complaint about the tweeting have to do with Tesla and the allegations about racial harassment? They're both really about the structures of corporate governance and building an effective corporate culture at Tesla that takes ethics and compliance seriously as a whole business and the CEO setting the tone 
of taking ethics and compliance seriously. None of those structures are in place here. None of, the, none of this is working. And it doesn't matter that Tesla, that Tesla is actually financially a very lucrative company right now. It's making a lot of cars. It had $51 billion in revenue. It's making billions in profit. Um, the company is still on the ethics and compliance front. You know, it looks like from the outside that it's running around like a, like a runaway train for, to mix the metaphors here. So that's really the issue with Tesla is that all of this points to some serious institutional weakness about who's going to govern this business and who is going to govern specifically Elon Musk, this runaway CEO who looks to me like, you know, he doesn't think the rules apply to him. We're going to have a quick word from our sponsor and be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Matt, do you uh, do you know if uh, Musk has a super majority of shares so that he can prevent the board of directors from actually um, investigating any of these allegations, or is this a board that's completely abrogated its duty as an independent oversight function? Uh, it, it's a lot closer to the latter than the former. Um, as of their most recent proxy filing last summer, Elon Musk owned only about 25% of Tesla's shares. So by far and away, it's single largest shareholder. Uh, but nonetheless, he does not have a majority of shares. I don't know that he's got any sort of special voting rights that give him uh, some sort of majority control. But nonetheless, as a practical matter, Elon is the one who has that center of gravity about who can do what and make the board do what. Uh, one of the people on the board uh, is his brother, and uh, it is a relatively small board. He is not the chairman. Uh, part of the settlement from 2018 removed Elon from being chairman of Tesla. Uh, so it really looks more like the board is not fully engaging in its duties of managing corporate culture and if we're talking about, in best practice land, that the CEO is supposed to be the embodiment of the values and the culture of the company, then the CEO, Elon Musk, he really isn't doing that very well. And when you look at all of Elon Musk's other activities, you know, he is involved in SpaceX and he is involved in that uh, he, well, he was involved in Solar City uh, or Sunrun, the, the solar panel energy business that Tesla ultimately invested in and then acquired later on that is supposed to dovetail with owning a Tesla. Now you can also have solar panels on your house to charge up your car. You know, but he was involved in that. Uh, he is involved in some sort of wacky uh, biotech startup, I guess, where they're trying to do these computer brain Neuralink interfaces. They're doing it with monkeys right now. It is not going well. The news reports are that most of the monkeys in their tests have died very painful demises. Uh, so I am in no particular rush to see that reach human trials anytime soon. But he does all of these other business activities. Um, he is tweeting 
to a, some would say an appalling degree, how he picks fights with sitting U.S. senators. He's clearly no fan of Elizabeth Warren. I think he once called her a Karen or something like that. This is not what a CEO of an enormous company, enormously valuable company, an enormously important company if we're going to electrify the uh, transportation system of the world, and just a physically enormous company with thousands and thousands of employees here and in China. Like, you've got better things to do with your time. And if you aren't doing that, then the board really should be the one to sit you down and say, you, CEO, put your head back in the game, which for Tesla is Tesla. It is not SpaceX. It is not whatever else is going on. Um, and the board isn't doing that. So you do have to wonder, like, is the board taking any of this seriously either? Because it doesn't look like Elon Musk is. And so, so who is? Uh, in your blog post, you touched upon statements by <clears throat> former SEC chair Jay Clayton and the last round of fines and penalties against Tesla. And Clayton basically said that uh, I can't punish Elon Musk too much because it will uh, hurt the value of the shares of the stock because he really is Tesla and he embodies Tesla. Um, we have occasionally on this podcast touched upon maybe even a philosophical discussion of punishment, but are we moving to a phase where or some sort of uh, realm where the importance of the corporate structure and the importance of good corporate governance is more important than simply the share price of a company uh, in terms of the SEC laying a penalty on Tesla, number one. And number two, do we have a different enough approach from this SEC uh, director, Gary Gensler, that there could be a, a real penalty level levied upon either Elon Musk or Tesla uh, if the SEC finds recidivist conduct? That's a very good questions there, and I look forward to seeing what those answers are going to be probably sometime later on this year. Um, so at the time in 2018, then-Chairman Jay Clayton did say that it would be counterproductive to, say, fire or have some sort of director and officer bar against Elon Musk because the value of the company was so wrapped up in him running the company that to get rid of him would wind up harming shareholders. Now, at an abstract level, I see where Jay Clayton was going with that, and he's not wrong to say it, but it is wrong that things reached that sort of crisis point that a CEO is too big to fire. Um, you know, on a more practical point then, let's just ask, what would happen if Elon Musk dropped dead tomorrow or he just vanished into the breeze or was abducted by aliens? Would, Elon, would Tesla stock really then crater? Because that tells me that they don't have enough of a pipeline and CEO secession. So we're back to board. What are you doing? Because it should not ever have come to this, that Elon Musk can act so freely and so recklessly. Um, you know, and for the record, I will say, I think Elon Musk is a brilliant entrepreneur. I, I really do appreciate what he's done with Tesla, what he's probably going to do with SpaceX. I'm not quite sure about the Neuralink and the brain implant stuff, but okay, whatever. Um, but just because you're a great entrepreneur, that does not necessarily mean you will be a great CEO of a large corporate organization. Case in point, Steve Jobs, who was a brilliant entrepreneur in the 70s and 80s, who made a train wreck of Apple until the board fired him. And then 
only after his how many years in the desert did he come back as a more seasoned executive in the 90s did Apple really become the business it is today. I think there are some certain parallels there between Apple and Steve Jobs and Elon Musk and Tesla, except for the board coming to their senses and you know, reining in Elon Musk and his unchecked impulses. Um, now, to your question about will the SEC now be more... Uh, unafraid in its punishment of Tesla and Elon Musk. I think so. Uh, Very clearly, there are sentiments among the SEC commissioners on the Democratic majority that, you know, sanctions and punishments are there to punish. So if you break securities law, then we're going to punish you. And if that's a big deal, well, who cares? Because you broke federal securities law. I think that is their attitude. I think they will not buy into the Jay Clayton philosophy this time around. Even if they maybe sort of saw Clayton's point back then, clearly it didn't work because Elon Musk is still doing his nonsense with his runaway tweets. Uh, Never mind the fact that if these California lawsuit allegations are true, well, this is the same California regulator that filed against Activision And Activision then wound up with an SEC probe still unresolved into its corporate culture. So if this lawsuit against Tesla from the same regulators is at least as egregious as Activision's, if not more so, will the SEC now open a probe into Tesla and its oversight of corporate culture? I don't see why you wouldn't. Um, And all of it keeps, uh, I keep coming back to how did it get to this point? Because these allegations against Tesla and the racial discrimination, they go back to 2012 at least. They endured throughout the entire decade of the 2010s. What was the board doing on that time? What were they doing with all of their audit fees and their their board meeting fees that they're collecting? Um, You have to wonder about that. And I do think that the SEC, at the least, is going to take a very close look at Elon Musk and at Tesla I don't know what the punishment might be, if anything, but um, you know, th- this is going to be a necessary and needed examination. Can only say I look forward to continuing this conversation. All right, Tom. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you for listening to this episode of Compliance Into the Weeds. I hope you will check out my latest podcast series on the Compliance Podcast Network. The podcast is called ESG Compliance. And in this podcast series, I take a deep dive into the intersection of ESG and compliance. If you're a compliance professional or you're an ESG aficionado, this will be the podcast for you. It's available on the Compliance Podcast Network beginning February 8th. I hope you'll join Matt and I again next week for another episode of Compliance Into the Weeds. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.